Side success leads. He's half a length over Lucky Swayness. Wellington's a further length away. Side success is in front of Lucky Swayness. Then Wellington and Super Wealthy. Lucky Swayness took over in the Centenary Sprint Cup from Side Success and Super Wealthy. And a great season for Man for a Man just got even better. Lucky Swayness beat Wellington. Side success. There were a few question marks with the speed map, but once Zach got outside the lead, he was always going to be hard to run down. Wellington got his back but couldn't go with him. And the group one in the bag for Lucky Swayness. He is now the equal top-rated sprinter in Hong Kong with Wellington, but I can't see Wellington starting favourite against him anytime soon. The market finally gets it right in Hong Kong. They've been zigging and zagging the wrong way in the Wellington versus Lucky Swayness. Epic saga. Well, they were backing him like he was already this good in December and he never got a look at him. And then he toyed with him with the big weight last start. And now the market finally goes, we were right. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of writes the wrong of December mm. in a way, doesn't he? Because I think it was at first, second, third, fourth, ran second, third, fourth. Yeah. They're all there. Yeah. 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 So he. Um, it's the same horses. It is the same horses. It was the Hong Kong sprint, but with a new winner and the horse that was sent around. Odds on to win it back in December. So, yeah, he's um, ratings-wise, this isn't any better, we're saying, than Wellington's best. But at the same time, he, he sort of gets there. He's the here and now and, and gets there with a bit more... Upward trajectory. Upward trajectory, yeah. Wellington feels... He's been the best sprinter there, but he's always felt like he's marking time in a sense. He never felt like one of the special ones, did he? Well, I never thought he could travel and win. Whereas Lucky Swainess's last two starts, yeah. he could come down here and be competitive. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He would be, they would both be just a tick off lucky nine, wouldn't they? Yeah. And that's, he came down here and, and ran well. Well, he's the best since Air Velocity in this race. Yeah, okay. And he won in Japan, he travelled and, and won in Japan. Although I always thought Air Velocity came sort of on the heels of... Um, the real Sa- good ones. ...Sacred Kingdom and, and was sort of replaced Sacred Kingdom, I think, in a way. And, and yet at the same time, from a ratings point of view, I, I always had a... A bit of a knock-on aero velocity, good as he was, he wasn't Sacred Kingdom, and I felt like sometimes they were trying to put him on that pedestal. But who cares, right? Yeah. <laughs> who cares about the silly little side games that are going on in the back of my head? <laughs> Lucky Swayness is very good, one of the best sprinters in the world. Yep, and he is the highest-rated horse of the weekend, slightly edges out those in Dubai. Yeah, good racing, Dubai, Friday night. Um, Valiant Prince, one two two again for James Doyle. Yeah, there we go. Beating Willie and... The Ottoman, who were back in third, left to run back in third. Three winners on the night for James Doyle. Just one, I think, for Buick. Sounds about right to us. Outperforms him again. And the other winner that he had was the other 122 on the card, which was Algiers, who won the second round of the Mactoom Challenge. And is a, he's had four runs on dirt for three wins, and now three of those wins have all been better than 116, and this one 122, and the time looks great. So Algiers might be, well, he absolutely will be World Cup bound. Uh, I think sometimes like these races, it's a bit fanciful. The Americans are coming and they'll just kill them. And no, I shouldn't say that's still going to be the case. Yeah. If if they come, they'll, they'll clean him right up. But he's um, only Frosted and Hot Rod Charlie have really run faster in this race in recent times. Okay. Both, both of them big yanks. Look at Frosted go. Look at Frosted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the the big yanks come, they'll they'll sort him out. But yeah. he's he's stiff opposition, I suppose. Is a Nice way to describe him. He's putting up a bit of a home ground defence. He'll give him something to something to beat, you'd imagine. Horses who didn't give much to beat. The biggest flops. Yeah. 
inundation looked to have it sewn up and then the cardiac arrhythmia pulls him out of the yeah. award. The, uh, the forbidden love clause. <laughs> out you go. Yeah. Out you go. We're not that cruel. Dollar fifty and what thirty pounds off your form. That's oh, this is good. We won't have to go looking. <laughs> yeah, excuses, no. excuses. Yeah, we got a. <laughs> we do have some rules. In Sydney, I thought this was going to be similar to inundation because looked to have issues. J Mac looked down. Cosmic Minerva. So I assumed. Well, that's another one that's not in contention for the biggest flop of the week because it tailed off run last. My best bet of the day too. So well done. Oh, okay. So, so hunting for it. <laughs> How, how's this for ticking all the boxes? It was on the quick backup, up to the mile. It got the blinkers on for the first time, soft draw, and J-Mac goes aboard, beaten 16 lengths. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, box tickers, they're awful. <laughs> and surprisingly pulled up with no abnormalities. So not sure what well, went wrong there. You just listed some. One big abnormality, running poorly in that spot. <laughs> and that's abnormal. Very abnormal. The one, it was interesting, they went the blinkers the first time and it looked to spook itself a few times in the race and then just lost all momentum and, you know. Lost interest. I don't know. It was very strange. It, like it, it shied at horses coming outside it. So whether or not with the blinkers, it obviously couldn't see them coming and then that just spooked it with the rail. But a Blinkers yes. backfire. Mm. Interesting. Big honourable mention though to Team Hawks. Massive honourable mention. I lobbied for, and I must admit, I don't even like the horse, but Fajita-san who was a one-time Caulfield Guineas favourite, admittedly in markets that are... Not in your head. Make-believe, yeah. But he did win at Sandown 12 months ago at his second start, well, a bit, maybe 10 months ago at his second start, like a promising enough horse. Yep. But he's gone the way of his stable. Horrendous? Not going very well. And they've started booking Ollie down there in some grand plan to resurrect things, I imagine. Four rides over the weekend. Fajita-san, the absolute worst of them, in the market, 12 pounds off his form from the spring. And even then, I think he was thought to have underachieved. Yep. Perhaps that spring was overachieving. Perhaps 12th in the Guineas, 13th in the Derby was good. That was the best of Fajita-san. I don't think they thought that. No, even, no way. Even I must admit, yeah. I don't think that. <laughs> Surely he's a bit better than that, but not here. Uh, they linked up with Fire, four pounds off. They linked up with Capital Theatre, five pounds off. Now, they both ran places, but... The way those races unfolded, Fire was in the inundation race, which fell apart at the seams. It was a joke of a race anyway. They went so slow and then collapsed. And then she's booming 13 pounds off form at the Valley on Friday night for a uh, zip from four. They're two from 27 in the last three months, Ollie Hawks, with this new little uh, combo they're getting going, which is they're winning about half what they should by random chance at 7%. Take Ollie off and look at the Hawks stable overall, and it only improves to 9%, and they're winning about two-thirds of what they should with their 11 winners from 128 runners last six months. Mm. It's been a bit desperate. Yeah, not a stable you want to find. Does that what are we, Does that mean anything for Remark? He bucked the trend somewhat. Well, he is one of the, the most recent of 11 winners. Is Remark, how good is Remark if he <laughs> can win? Is that what, we, is that what we're saying? Uh, I'm saying you'd, I won't want to be finding Remark. No, things went pretty well, I think, for Remark. Yeah, I think it'll it was be... was a bit of a nothing. I'd, mm, I'm it, not sure what I think of that. It was a bit overplayed, obviously, the big weight. I yes. think it doesn't mean as much over a 1,000 metres. It doesn't mean as much when they don't make you carry it either. Mm. They jiggy-jogged and ran around 32 and change. Always wary of races where a lot of the market contenders don't show up either. So, Well, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a typical race. 
It's a 400-meter test, and you're not going to get many of those, and you're not going to get them at Group 1 level. And you got the one. Surely, <laughs> unless the Melbourne Map Mafia can really get <laughs> They can't get their hands on a galaxy and ruin that. So I assume that's where he's going. He'll go to the galaxy, yeah. So, um, no, very different tests await Remark. It's still a good performance. In the situation that he was handed, he, he did well. He was in the 1-1. No, and it went well for him. Yeah. In fact, we should use this opportunity to beautiful segue. We can go straight to the Pendrith. This is the issue I have with Remark's win because you can't have it being that good if you want to take any notice of Key Largo in the race. I think you're obliged to take notice of Key Largo in the race, what with his having been there in the race. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's always tricky to work out, well, would he have beaten Remark it's not as easy as drawing a straight line. However, the it horse... It sort of doesn't matter either. It doesn't matter. But the horse that he was climbing over the top of in the straight was Dragonstone, who ran Remark to three quarters of a length. That suggests Key Lager should have been in the finish. And what was Preble doing early on this horse? I can't answer that question. I like Brett Preble. I think he's a good rider. So I'll, I'll say that much. But, but he gets a Pendrith here, and it's interesting that he gets a Pendrith here completely locked up. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not even a I, – I guess usually we're giving the Pendrith out for – and, you know, a bit of a knock on the tactics as well, I suppose. Mm. In fact, absolutely. The way the race was run, they're, they're out last and they're sprinting home 32. You know hope. You know hope. But he's he never even got a chance to, to really seal the Pendrith. I know. How much faster could he have run with space? And then the Pendrith, he would have been lipped and run second and then this would be a double points Pendrith. <laughs> <laughs> he's lucky it never got out. Well, here's the thing with Key Largo – Everyone pumping up Remark. If Key Largo actually gets through and beats Remark... Is everyone pumping up Remark? Who's pumping up Remark? Well, there is I talk. Thought he was, uh, I, thought, I, th- I thought Remark was a little bit despised. No, he's favourite for those Group 1 sprints. And yeah, not with anyone who backed him at Bendigo that day. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's always the interesting thing with perspective. If Key Largo comes from last and rounds him up, Remark's had the dream run 1-1. But he still, run- to me, he still runs the same number though. Yeah. It's just that Key Largo runs a better one. Yeah. Which but then- has to be a knock-on Remark. Yeah, because Key Largo is probably not much better than his 105, I would say, his peak is. I've got him running 101 here with the lock and key on. So I think Key Largo is there to run the race of his life. And is that not – we talk about horses following the trend of their stables. Mm. Is Big Bryce – He is airborne. Airborne, and Key Largo fits that bill. I'm going to say one of the one of the form stables of the country. No, I think you should say that. Mm. Last three months, six winners from 28 runners, 21%. Mark expected three and a half. I'm saying Bryce is unlucky not to be doubling market expectations there if Key Largo wins. He makes it hard for himself as well because he is—he does have his horses ridden a bit like this, right? Yeah. He, is a, he asks for trouble. It's not easy. And finds it. <laughs> and, you know, people can say, oh, you're only honing in on 28 runners. It's too small a sample. But it's actually better for the last six months. So he's 10 from 46, 22%. Mark expected five. So also, if we didn't make wild inferences from small samples, there'd be no racing media. Yeah. <laughs> and we wouldn't have a podcast. So. No, there'd be nothing to talk about. And no one would bet. So, yeah, you know, everyone who starts screaming sample size after they read a, you know, airport book on statistics, is, you know, come on, guys, we're allowed to have some fun. Yeah. So I think <laughs> Bryce Hayes, I mean, those who follow New South Wales racing will already be well aware that he's flying, but for those that don't follow it closely enough, you want to find Bryce at the moment. Cause I think he got an honorary mention on here. Yeah, he's been going really well for a while. And Jason Warren is very similar in Melbourne. Mm. I'd say not as good as Bryce. Oh, who knows? Um, among winners and is another one, just like Bryce, makes it so hard for himself. Yeah. Makes it so hard. But his horses are rocketing home everywhere they go. Which in some ways 
from a punting perspective is better because you are likely to get a better better role backing them. Yeah, because you put yourself <laughs> in terrible positions for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, if you find the right ones, yes, it can be a, a lucrative game. But my God, it's a tedious one. But Bryce Hayes certainly flying with his small team and. You know, to be competing at metro level with these sort of horses and he doesn't have a large stable, I think, further shows how well he's doing at the moment. The issue I have with people putting out strike rates is that some strike rates are worth more than others. Winning in town is worth far more than winning out in the country. The other thing is trainers and stables, their job isn't to optimise their strike rate. Their job is to optimise their prize money, right? Yeah. It's not even necessarily to optimise their winners. It's to optimise their prize money. Now, obviously, winners and prize money go hand in hand, but you can make a lot. It's a good thing to go and win a lot of money. It's a bit like punting. You don't you don't optimize your strike rate. You optim you don't want to optimize the rate of your winners. You want to optimize the sum of your winners. And trainers are the same. Yeah. So strike rate is a bit of a uh, flawed metric for trainers. Everyone knows that, though. I think. Do they? Maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe they do now. Maybe they do. Maybe you've tuned into this podcast and learned something. <laughs> seems unlikely. It seems very <laughs> unlikely. Uh, Honourable mentions, of course, to Matty Lloyd on Zorro's Dream. and There's a race for Zorro's Dream somewhere. That was, a, that was the inundation race. Yeah. Fast, no chance. And this is big because oh, we yes. thought having been a unanimous winner of the Penrith Award in its first year that not knock him into shape but certainly pay more attention. But M Zara on snapped, very, very fortunate that B Preble pulled off what he did on Key Largo. Yeah, he was probably, he's probably on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's clearly interested in mounting a strong defence <laughs> of his titles. Are. He actually had a good week. He hasn't done much riding since the Melbourne Cup. He's he's clearly enjoyed winning the Melbourne Cup, yeah. and fair enough. But he's uh, he clearly enjoyed winning the Pendrith as well because he's he's out to mount a challenge. This is what I love about M Zara is we generally – he probably has a handful of bad rides, what, every hundred? I th- do you know I think the thing about M Zara is that he, he plays – he is a very like a lot of the good jockeys. I don't think he minds carving one up and coming back and saying it, it didn't work, but I tried to win. Yeah, because you got others who are going to be play it very safe because they need to get off and they need to have an excuse for the owners. I don't think Zara cares. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I'm going to get good rides next week because I'm a jet anyway. So you know, yeah, <laughs> absolutely bake that one, guys. Sorry about that. You know, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Having done the be- <laughs> having done the beaten jockey quotes, he is the best. The best. Yeah. But what he's no doing sugar there coating. is he's. He wins races with that attitude. Yeah. He doesn't die wondering, but that does mean that every now and then he'll he'll try some low percentage garbage. But, hey, it wins him races. It wins him big races. I think that's the, the trick, isn't it? Yeah. But for those that back snapped, unlucky. Did you see oh, Pendrith himself at Pebble Beach? No, what did he do? Eight under in the last round. Left his run too late. Oh, classic. Made the placings. <laughs> Tell you what, how about those late closing splits from Pendrith? Having a go at winning his own award. Is that? At Pebble Beach. There you go. Eight under on the last. I was laughing. My was, goodness. That means a black booker, so we're on next tournament. Yeah. Finishing where's he, strong. Where's he going? He needs to go somewhere where approach the approach game is out of the question. It just needs to be a just a bomb show. Bomb, driver, putter, and nothing in between. Because he just he can't flush it. Like M Zara, he can't flush it. <laughs> <laughs> One jockey who certainly flushed it. On the weekend, the complete opposite, one who got it perfectly right. Carleen Heffel on Hennessy Lad. Not an easy ride. Leader looked to be off and gone, but got Acosta in the last hop. Yeah, outstanding ride. Didn't panic, and they went really 
strong gallop in this race and the leader, as you say, often gone but starting to come back to them. Good ride on the leader as well, I must say. Probably went, could make the case fractionally too quick but it's just the better side to err on and I think we saw that across the card at Sandown. There's bad tactics at Sandown but um, across the card we saw it was better to err on the side of going too quick. Jordan Charles, big honorary mention, ran second here. Did you see him winning at Sale on the Sale? Quality yesterday, leading all the way on Jungle Gym and a really good rider in general and I think getting a lot of praise. He's falling into that category. I see a lot of people are starting to call him like a great jockey on front runners. That's all jockeys. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a good jockey, Jordan Childs, because he's he's a good jockey on front runners because he's going forward. Yeah. Yeah, which is see, the way they run races on average means going forward is on average the right thing to do. And he did very well here, but he gets trumped by Carlene getting an absolute tune out of Hennessy Ladd, and you can see it in the margins. You've got sort of six and a half lengths back to third. Absolute gap job. If you um, if you weren't there to play, this pace sorted you out. A true pace gives you a true result. We saw the weak ones get chucked out the back of the telly, including my best of the day, Black Max. My goodness, what a uh, <laughs> my theory there that um, coming off horribly slowly run races, he was finally going to get a gallop and we might get to see how good Black Max is, actually is. Well, we might have. <laughs> Not much, not, good. not much good. Turned out he might have been flattered by those slow paces as opposed to held back by them. Mm. I did see also that he'd then he's nommed to back up this week in the autumn stakes. Maybe they think he didn't stay. Well, he didn't stay. It won't be a weak autumn stakes. Yeah, no, no, he's he's surely that was terrible. I'm completely biased, obviously, but no, horrendous. Uh, but it wasn't from Carlene, and she's outridden the market for quite a while now. And I must say, in just sort of office joking around, I think I've been disparaging of Carlene at one time. Remember she wrote Doubt, Don't Doubt Dory back in the... Back in the day. The rise of Carlene in the, in the start. And well, I think I say the rise of uh, Dory because it was. She was along for the, the ride. But I used to make a few... Oh, I made wise cracks. I might have even made them on this podcast. That's unlike you. Mm. And I'm clearly completely wrong. She's made a fool of me. Not a bad team to be... Uh, no, riding for... With. It's not far off riding for... Um, Gay in Sydney, riding yep. for moods in Melbourne, you'll, you'll get made to look clever on occasion. But I think this is one of those rides where you had to, she had to ride her horse and ignore the race. And I think that's a, that must be hard to do. So hard. Must be. And we sit here, lean back in our chairs and demand that they do it all the time. <laughs> and to be honest, some of them absolutely should. <laughs> <laughs> but it still can't be easy to do it. And she did it. And the way, if you, if you pour over these sectionals, you, you won't find her putting a foot wrong. Which probably says for Hennessy Ladd, who's put up a good figure and a good time here, but he's Whoa. probably not. He's coming off it next. He's step. not an inch better than this. He, he well, he's going to need another ten. Yeah. Good luck. Well, we saw with Star Sparks in Sydney as well on the weekend. Another example of a Morikawa. Got it perfect. Yeah. Tim Clark got it perfect over the mile of start prior, and was just that was his absolute top, and he wasn't going to be able to <laughs> repeat that or improve. And the market expected him to going out in trip, but he was gone a long way out. That's one of your interesting theories as to why connections and jockeys, well, particularly connections, don't necessarily want their horses ridden. All evidence tells you the optimal way to be riding horses in Australia. Yep. Um, And and your theory that connections are a little bit scared to have their horses ridden the optimal way because it leaves you excuseless. Well, you don't. (laughs) Yeah. And this is a game of excuses. There's only there's one set of connections and one jockey after each race that isn't making excuses. Yeah, the whole game lives on excuses, from the betting ring to the mounting yard. It's a it is all excuses, and you don't have many when you're when you're up punching and, and getting it right. Mm. But what you do get is more wins. You do get more wins, but you lose that hope. <laughs> it's 
the hope that kills you. I think that is true in racing. When you're put out in front and all the cards are in your favour and you get beat, it's hard to turn around and go, well, who do you blame? And I think that's why a lot of people err on not wanting to lead. Yeah. I mean, so how much fun for the connections of unusual culture when they left Sandown <laughs> on Saturday and they get to say again, like, look at this, we've got a win coming up. Look at the plus. I mean, sure, you, you're easily good enough to have won th- three or four of the last races you've been in, but, you know, you've got one coming. <laughs> you can win one. We could win one one day. Why win now when you could have the hope of a win? <laughs> it is all about managing expectations. Yeah. No, they're, they're managing them beautifully there. They've got a, uh, they've got a lovely benchmark 90 mare getting carved up in benchmark 78s and just waiting, just waiting. You know the beauty of unusual culture? She'll run in the matron in about three weeks and just about win it, yeah. No, no, I was more or less. Oh. <laughs> they'll put her into the race. She won't finish off. Oh, and they'll blame the... Ridden upside down. I oh, know, I oh, know. Dearie me. She's already, yeah. Oh, I can't get on that rant. I can't. <laughs> the podcast has got to stop in half an hour. I can't, I can't start. We'll never finish. When you were talking about full of excuses, I thought you were talking about racing Twitter yesterday. Oh, I didn't. Uh, Surprised I didn't see you didn't partake yesterday. That was on a platter for you. Disappointing. Well, are we about to go round the grounds? Get ready. It's time for a round the grounds. King Kappa was the highest rated horse at Eagle Farm on Saturday. He was the around the grounds winner when you weren't here. Really? Yeah, he's a nice horse. And he's gone bang again and now he's rated 109 and he left Joe Pride rated 91. 18 pounds getting away from Joe Pride, King Kappa, to Tony Gollan. An absolute pro at this, the used horse. He's very good. The used horse game, Tony Gollan. So that's an interesting one if you're looking to buy horses out of the Joe Pride yard and well, improve them. Charlatan, straight to Brisbane. Well, I'll tell you what, there's 18 pounds just begging to be squeezed out of him with some reasonable tactics. Tell you what, the in terms of his previous stables, you won't get many better trainers and it is actually remarkable. I don't see many horses improve away from Joe Pride. Well, not many leave, do they? Yeah, well, they wouldn't. It's interesting because when you're away, Jake mentioned, could he be the next Garibaldi? Is it? He's, could be better. I think he's already as good, yeah. Is Garibaldi... You've come out of nowhere with Garibaldi of all horses. I don't know that horses are lining up to be the next Garibaldi. Um, <laughs> One time Stradbroke favourite. Well, what an honour. Well, no, he won't. He will, I'll tell you this. I'll, the King will never uh, claim that honour. No? He will never be Stradbroke favourite, no matter how plastic the market Surely. But a nice horse. But I'm pretty sure 109, I don't think Garibaldi, if he's better than that, it's fractionally. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, he's about he's about as good. Who do you think was the highest rated horse in Sydney on Saturday? Was it the Mighty Banjo? <laughs> it wasn't the Mighty Banjo in a slowly run mile. It was... So what do we make of Sulcum? I know he's put up two out of five lane, but does he just need another lap? Yeah, no, I don't. He's not... A miler is ridiculous for him. He's a he's an interesting horse to, to have in Australia and with an Australian trainer because our... The calendar doesn't really Work. lend itself to him. He's a like he can come down and hit and run for the spring, and because the race is like the Q, yeah, you know, nice Melbourne Cup chance, but he'd he'd be probably better off having another well, prize money is the issue, isn't it? Mm. Another season in England before coming down for the spring again and running in the maybe the Caulfield Melbourne Cups, but they should. I mean, I assume the Tankard is he's that's where he's going. Well, I thought he'd go there first up, <laughs> just about. I mean, I I would probably have run him. Yeah, he he is a bit like that. It's a bit like, um, remember they left America, well, this has happened a few times, I suppose, on a much softer, we're a ways off being American or, or protectionist. In fact, yep. we're, yep. we're a long way off. Settle being. down. Yep. Yeah. I really like Solcom. I think he's a nice horse. Yep. Maybe he could develop into a, an American or a protectionist, but they were rated high 120s and he's rated 115. 
but he's like them in that it's it's hard to our our calendar just doesn't work for them, and so obviously they struggled here trying to be sort of you know, square peg round hole that yep. sort of thing. Uh, anyway, he was not the highest rated horse, and that race was not the highest rated race. It was aft cabin. It was aft cabin. Aft cabin. Kem and Tari Mark too. I think so. It's very similar. Their profiles are very similar. Both won fifteen sixteen in the spring. Both yep. left the Caulfield Guineas on the table. Yep. Half cabin left it there a week before. Kem and Dari left it there at the 50 metre mark. Oh, I still can't <laughs> believe he got beat. Uh, yeah, and only 10 minutes after Vega Magic parked 15 deep the trip in an Everest. Thanks, Craig. Not that we hold grudges. Never. Um, I bothered to look at the little Australia Day to Valentine's Day window for the last five years. One sixteen kickoff for Aft Cabin. Aft Cabin. I'm going to have to say his name twice every time because I don't know. I think Aft sounds better, but I'm pretty sure Aft is correct. Yep. I'm going to go with Aft. It sounds better. Do you want to guess the horses that have outperformed him in that Australia Day to Valentine's Day window first up, three-year-olds? Oh, well, Kemantari is one of them. No, I've gone the last five years, and I'm not sure that he... No, he would have been. Yeah, he ran 119 in this. So since... I'm really clutching here. <laughs> yeah, it's probably bad trivia. Overpass. Ah. Ran 118 when he beat Animo and Co. Forbidden Love. Forbidden Love. That form worked out. It did. He didn't necessarily, although he did get close to it a few more times. He was yeah. close up in an Everest and what have you. Uh, standout won an expressway, rated yeah. 117, and trapeze artist, 118. All through the expressway, wasn't it? All three of those yeah. were expressway winners. The best non-expressway was the same as Aft Cabin, Super Seth, 116, who did win at Caulfield Guineas and stole it in the last 50 metres instead of chucking it away. So it's a, you know, it's a high-end return. But things, things went well for him, though, didn't they? Very well for him, and he's into odds-on to win the Ramwick Guineas. That's ridiculous. It's I mean, just it's embarrassing putting that out. <laughs> it's just so Kemitari won at nine to four first up. They backed Siege of Quebec to beat him in this race. He won really impressively, won by near three lengths. He then jumped nine to four in the Hobartville. I remember that because he drew wide, but they didn't factor in Glenn. They went forward. Yeah. It's all over. And then in the grand final, the Ramwick Guineas, he's jumped eleven to eight, so two forty. And they want us to take a dollar eighty aft cabin now. Like, what's happened to this? It's a joke. They don't want to play. I full Frank Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> so was it last week? No, it must have been two weeks ago when we were all the one oh sixes were kicking yep. off. Or was that last week? It's the, all a blur, mate. Yeah. It was last week. All the one oh sixes, Golden Mile, See You in Heaven, Jack and O, they all ran hundred and six, which was weird. Yep. So this is hundred and sixteen. Hundred and six would have just got them in the shake up for third. I thought that was interesting just to, to put a bit of context around it. How quickly it comes up. Mm, so it's very, yeah, it's exactly. That's a good way. Of, you know, the bar has gone up 10 pounds in a week. So where do we fit Gold Mile in now? Well, he's still, well, he already was rated below half cabin, but he's still, obviously. Yeah. And as I said, he's run 106 versus 116 first up. He's gone through the expressway. We're talking about the ones that have won the expressway, standout overpass, trapeze, running around 117, 18 to win that race. He's run 106, which is, you know, got cleaned up by a filly who was not a vintage winner of it. So I thought it was a perfectly fine return, but it wasn't, as you say, the bar, the bar quickly went up on him, didn't it? He is surely as good as Zoo Tiger. Well, here's the interesting well, thought. Finish, I mean, there's evidence for that, right? Yeah. So Zoo Tiger and Gold Mole go to the line virtually locked together. In the Golden Rose. Mm-hmm. Communist and Gold Mile go to the line, locked together in the calendar Presnell. They run second, third here behind Aft Cabin, sort of two lengths, three lengths off them. 
which is similar to where Gold Mole rated first up. So all that form essentially has worked out. It's, just it's Af- all making a lot of sense. Af Cabin's just come along and he's obviously better than that. Yeah, so I suppose with, when you consider all that, he looks very much a um, the real deal. So peak ratings-wise, he's a pound below Jackano and Cool and Gatter. Two pounds below Jackano, actually. Yep. And then a couple pounds up to In Secret and then four pounds up to Giga Kick. But they're all sprinting. Yep. Oh, Jackano's going to be seven furlongs, isn't he? But I think he, he will go all for jury and then make a decision. Is that yep, how I that's going to play out? The interesting thing with Golden Mile is is now James mix them up. Like he's not going to run the two of them against each other. It would be a, given how many options there are and how easy it is for him as a person. Like logistics for him are very straightforward because he's got Melbourne. Yeah. He's got a terrific Melbourne stable. So um, you would think... I don't know what his Australian Guineas horse would be. Am I forgetting someone? I don't think so. No, no. I think they must. Um, they must have a real. So I'd say he goes Hobartville, Golden Mile. That is. So he'll race. They'll race each other there. I think they'll race each other there, and then they'll split because he he followed the Animo prep with Golden Mile Expressway. So he split them for their first up runs because they're both milers, aren't they? Well, that's the thing. Not too sure on breeding, really. They're a stern, and they're out of speedy mares. Mm. So it. I mean, Af Cabin looked pretty pacey there on the weekend. He's not slow. No. He's pretty speedy. So maybe a mile is a little niggle, but... Neither of them look like they want further than a mile. Put no. They look like milers who, who mile. Whereas second, third, fourth, fifth on the weekend all look... They want the mile. Like they're down the track. Yeah, they probably want even further just because they want to play in the weaker pool, to be honest. Can you tell us something a little bit about the horse that ran sixth on the weekend? Can I tell you something about the horse that ran six on the weekend? Toronomica has the honour of coming through what must be one of the strongest races in Musclebrook racing history. Has to be. Did a good job here. Tim Clark actually honorary. Did we already? Did you give him a little honorary? I didn't know. Gave Toronomica a perfect ride here in front, just not up to this. But new peak back in sixth. Uh, had run behind insurrection and economics at Musclebrook. Go out to Musclebrook and cop that. So Insurrection ran 103 time figure on Friday night, Friday evening at Kenzo. So Absolutely walked in. Walked in. And Economics is now rated 108 and one, I'm going to say, the Brian Crowley or something in that family. Yep. Um, Heritage Crowley, one of those. Listity. Sprints. Second waves. They're not quite Roman Consul. So that was the one, two, three in a Musclebrook two-year-old. You'd be sick. <laughs> we haven't seen the fourth horse yet. It's a, I tell you what, you should hit the Bruce button. Just so exciting. Rock and Rodney Northam, Mantaro, Black Book. Where's it going? Has to be. I'll tell you what, it's winning a maiden. <laughs> it did run, I'm going to say, I haven't got it in front of me, uh, 80, I'm going to say. It's cleaning up a maiden when, when Northam reproduces it and can find a good horse. Mantaro, traditional spelling, M-A-N-T-A-R-O, Mantaro. Son um, of Headwater out of Scat Cat. Well. Has not raced since. And no, one, last year. and no one will find that off the form book either. <laughs> Back on track, let's get around the grounds. Uh, right You Are was the around the grounds hero in Melbourne. It looked really good. It, i got to say, it looked Mar Eustace's race. <laughs> Detonated Jack was probably the story of that race somewhat. Just Un- didn't stay, mate. Unfortunately failed to stay the trip. Oh, my goodness. We're running out of time. Don't I go know. on a well, race. Well, I'll, I'll say this much. Bar the 1,000 metre races, not many going quicker between the six and the two. A pair of a pair of eleven twos, and I don't know why he's had to explode like that down the hill, and then I don't know why he leveled out on it. 
Uh, Johnny Allen doesn't probably never studied physics. I actually really John Allen's another good jockey. Mm. I'd like finding John Allen. You know why I like finding John Allen? Because I think most of the time, even when he rides back markers, he doesn't fall for this trap. Yep. This is a shocker. And I wonder whether so Nancho's up there punching in the putting the speed in on in the same fluoro yellows. Did they think that the good strong speed up the front was actually helping? Because that's again that doesn't work. Yeah. He's had to. They've gone quick, and then he's had to punt. Like, oh no, no, that's just going to absolutely blow you in. That's going to make you look like you don't stay. No, that was that was bad tactics, uh, but they weren't on right. You are. It, it turns into a f- a funny result. Right, you are is obviously a nice horse, but his form in a couple of wins prior was good enough to be rated one hundred and three. The win at the Valley certainly no better than that. The win at Sandown before that one hundred and three with upside. So maybe that hinted at him running one hundred and ten here, but um, it probably wasn't obvious. But things have gone pretty well. But there's a there's a fair bit of uncertainty around this. Yep. Over to Adelaide. Yeah, no one tens in Adelaide. Lafargue for Danny O'Brien. Just Danny, off one ten or Danny O just pitching across to South Australia to run ninety three with Lafargue. But that was a Lafargue and ordinary meeting. <laughs> I gotta tell you. And then Ascot, I've written T V Q Oh, the Velvet Queen. The Velvet Queen. One oh five. She's She's won. been a project of yours, hasn't she? She has. She could have won a lot more races if it wasn't for the man on top. But Wow, we really are banging the uh Pendrith drum this week. We oh. are into the jockeys. Well, he is Mr. <laughs> Mr. Pendrith himself, Chris Parnham, but they're finally starting to get her right. New peak on the weekend, 105. She'll go for a spell now. I wanted to read Jay Rooney's article about where they're going, but you have to sign up and I don't really want to read the West Australian. But I'm assuming she'll be aimed at the better races when she comes back. She's improved 10 pounds every prep. So she's 105. It's obviously a lot harder to improve 10 pounds when you're rated 105, but if she follows a similar progression in her next preparation, uh, she is a chance in the railway. Ooh. Have to be. Really? Yeah, I think so. Okay, why not? Not a like-for-like comparison, but Tricks of the Trade, for instance, was 109 in the winter before winning the railway at the end of the year. Yeah, okay. So it's not if she comes back and has a good winter or how they want to program it, but... Yeah, horses can make these jumps, especially when they're winning machines, which she is if she's ridden correctly. Fair enough. Now, do you want to follow up, Bruce? Because you asked me to do the Bruce. The, I did ask you to the do the Bruce. who's exciting for this, but then as we're chatting away there, that, that Rodney Northern maiden, that's just too obvious. I was also going to, in a mad panic, make it Camille Holgate. Oh, what a ride. For winning a 150 to one shot today at Musselbrook. It's and all Musselbrook. This is a Musselbrook only zone. And I did take note that she's been uh, improving horses she switches onto by five pounds on average in the last three months. But none of them have been winning. So oh. I'd say she's been getting on some horses with some pretty low ratings. <laughs> <laughs> I was enthralled by her ride in the second. It was outstanding. Is it the set race two at Musselbrook today? Have a look at that. 100, look at 150 that. to 1. That is an honorary Musselbrook Morikawa. I'll tell you what, you know it's good when it all goes around the office. Ooh, is it home? Is it home or is it gone? Gone. And yeah. I'll tell you what, the whole straight, I had no idea. No, that was a hard one to decipher. Yeah. Turned out? Home. Home. By the skin of its teeth. Perfect. Inch perfect. I would imagine. I Have to be a Morikara no winner. Idea. Yeah. But she, unfortunately, following Camille seemed like a bit of a stretch because uh, it is that was snapping a run of 40-something outs. And as I said, I think she's been getting on some, I think she, a lot of 150 to one <laughs> shots. And I doubt they'll all be winning like that. Uh, so I was doing the Packenham figures just before I came on. Yep. So in a desperate reach, I found Joy McCoy for moods. Joy McCoy. X Kiwi, J O Y space, M little C, big C O Y. I don't think you have to differentiate the C's when you type it in. I don't think so. Former Kiwi, dusted up at Pakenham by Seafield Road. Yep. 
that's not going to look good in the form book. Cause Which Seafield, is what we want. Yep, Seafield Road is basic and not short, short. I think it was sort of 650, something like that. Uh, closing splits now in now twice in joke races. Yep. Familiar, that is the theme of this week. Jeez, there's been some slowly run races. It feels like the more we rant, the slower they go. Are they trolling us? <laughs> this is <laughs> The more we complain about it, the slower and slower they go in these races. But, um, yeah, haven't had a real chance to see what Joy McCoy can do in Australia in two runs yet. But the little hints are that Joy McCoy can he go and win a midweeker in town or something like that. But why not packing them again? Or probably better, actually, to get onto a um, tighter track. Because when you get on the tighter tracks, the... <laughs> It, they go a bit quicker. It's so funny. I know. This is the problem with – I love Sandown, but one of the problems with running the big races at Sandown is you're going to get a lot of people going, oh, you've got a big straight, so you don't have to You don't have to be there. You can just let them find their feet and flop them out. And so you get the, all these slowly run races, and they all become tests of late speed, 400-meter burn-ups down the hill at Sandown. Uh, and they think it's – I think there's a, a thinking out there that it's not that and that it's a you know great test, great testing track. Also the issue when you get – Designated leaders nominated for said races, the Or, Tuvalu on the weekend, Alligator not running. Everyone's just going to expect him to roll in front, which means they'll get further back. Hit the grid mm. and forget about actually. Yeah, how fast they're going. But mm. I'll tell you what, I'll be surprised if they're not finishing fast in that. We'll wait and see who is booked for Thunder on Saturday, but I look forward to possibly giving the Penrith on Thursday when we know. <laughs> yeah. That wraps us up for this week. We'll be back with the preamble on Thursday. We might say some nicer things about people. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in.